Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. This is where you come to get the bars, the journey, the process, and the pain points to get you to your next moment. This week, I have a very good friend who has been a long-tenured man on Wall Street. You know that's where transactions go down. Rich Johnson, thank you for checking in with me, man, bro. How you doing? David, it's an honor to be here, brother. It's good to be with you, man. Thanks Love this guy. Y'all feel the grizzly energy <laughs> from, my bar, from my boy, Rich. <laughs> bro, this is a long time coming. We, 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 we both serve on the board of Children of the City. That's right. Hey, might as well mention November 14th, uh, we have our bowling, David Tyree Charity Bowling event. And um, hey, man, everybody get your tickets, childrenofthecity.org. Check in, support an amazing cause, but that's how we know each other. I know. But man, you, you've, been, kids. you've been getting life done at a high level for a long time. And we've always had a, a lot of admiration from a distance. So we're going to break down some of your journey, bro. But before we do that. All right, so I always got to get this. This is the first, you know, you got to, at the orange table, we got to do business. Where, <laughs> where were you when the first time you saw the helmet catch, what was your reaction or experience, you know, in that moment? So I was with uh, family and uh, watching it in the, um, in the family room Bet. in front of a fireplace. Nice. Lit. Lit, um, lit, litty? <laughs> yeah. I think it was just the girls. I don't think it was really? with anybody else. I think just, it was just just, just relax. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just um, probably had a cold one open, but nice. um, but watching the game, not sure where it was headed. And, uh, <laughs> and by the way, this is you totally caught me off guard because I I really had to go back in time and think about it. Hey, but I remember we're all like that didn't just happen. <laughs> so <laughs> bewildered, everybody's a little thankfully, stunned. thankfully in modern television you get to hit the playback. Yeah, and so we saw it a few times. We're like. It's like, it was like Velcro on his helmet. Like, how did that stay? So, of course, it became, at the time, it was just like a great catch. Yeah. And then we realized that it changed the direction of the game, obviously. No doubt. But beyond that, you know, it became like this this unbelievable catch that no one's really been able to kind of follow ever since. So, Bro, it's, anyway. well, it's the standard. Right? It's the one around the world, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I tell people all the time, the helmet catch, at the end of the day, that's the standard. That's When anybody makes a great catch... They got to come back. Oh, David Tyree. So I always call my catch the standard at the end of the day. That might be OBJ's catch. It was sexier. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was just one of the sexiest catches I've ever seen in my life. He's got some. Uh, he's got some good fingers. There, yeah. yeah. His was, you had people pulling your arms, and you had, and you were like that ball was glued to that helmet, and I it wasn't glue Velcro. Yeah. But it was all faith. You know, it was all. <laughs> it was all a moment of faith, man. And you. Amen we, to that. we share that mutual uh, fellowship, but uh, we sure do. So now here, I'm going to put a little bit of pressure on you and, and flip the switch here because. You know, um, you've been in Wall Street. Oh, you've been you've been in the financial marketplace, which is robust for for your your career. Yeah. You know, what has been your like climax moment as with throughout your professional or even your life experience? What is your moment for Rich Johnson where you felt like the shining star in your space? Sure. Well, I'll give you a little history. Go for it. Oldest of four, uh, grew up in the Midwest. Wonderful parents. What state? Chicago, Illinois. Okay, shut I just actually um, saw my mom and dad and my three younger brothers and their families uh, last weekend in Arizona. 
My mom just turned 80 and she looks amazing. And my dad's strong. It was just, it was a blessing to be with my family. Love that it. said, I always wanted to be, um, I always wanted to you know, get involved in finance. No one in my family had. Oh. I decided to pursue that path and it was a real blessing. Started with a firm called Solomon Brothers back in the day and okay. kind of worked my way up with a number of different firms and learned a lot. Thought I knew a lot, realized I knew nothing. Um, <laughs> so uh, one day I am absolutely thriving on Wall Street, having a really good time. And I had seen this, um, this video from a wonderful man of God, this evangelist, Jesse Duplantis, and he was doing oh, this altar call. <laughs> and he was talking about how, you know, if you want to just, you know, you think about how what Christ had done for you, putting up one hand here, yeah. he let a nail go through it. Another hand there, nail through it. Mm. So that we're forgiven of everything. He said, why don't you just raise your hand and accept him? Okay. And it was just this most powerful moment. And that moment really just sort of spoke to me in a way. And I said, this is it, man. I, I've, I've got to get into ministry. So I go down to Wall Street. Wow. I think that I'm done. I'm going to just give it up. I talked to, uh, to my you know, ex-wife, Elizabeth, yeah. at the time. I said, hey, I said, this is what we're going to do. She's like, I'm in. Let's do it. And we'll just serve God 100%. Are I go down there. Check this out, David. I go down there. I have the biggest trading day of my life. <laughs> and I'm driving back. And I'm on the way home thinking I'm going out with a bang and I'm about to figure out how to transition everything. And I heard on the inside, not a voice out loud, but a voice on the inside. In the heart. I got you where I want you, but I've seen your heart. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I need more light in the darkness. I need you to be where you're at. I've called you to be there, not to be a minister, but to be a minister on Wall Street. To work wow. and work and work and generate good capital and be a, you know, be a kingdom-focused guy in a place where it's not necessarily so kingdom focused. Wow! So this was this was internally uh, internal dialogue to it was you. In nineteen ninety eight, never forget it. Man, that yeah. is powerful. Yeah. And so, as much as I knew that was your your life, I didn't know how you arrived there. Yeah. So that's pretty that that's pretty amazing. So at the moment, you really you're willing to forsake it all. Oh, that was what I. That's what we agreed. I had to. I really love it. Yeah. Because that's the way it actually is written, even in the Bible. It's like, you know, forsake everything. And then God, obviously, you know, that's when the letter versus the life, which is pretty cool, right? Like, I know that's Christian talk, folk, but at the end of the day, there's a real God behind those, those scriptures. 100%. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. So, all right. So, boom. That's a, that's, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of meat. So, for you, is that, like, because right now, you're thriving. Is that, is that your well, moment? So that was that was one of the moments because because you got a few you okay you entitled to have as, a few <laughs> as people that serve God and you're on Wall Street it is not easy bro it's a minefield mm. and so you're gonna have these ups and you're gonna have the downs like we were talking about earlier sure and so after that all of a sudden there was promotion 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 and God is so good and gracious now either I wasn't ready for what was coming next yeah probably what was the case <laughs> or I just had a lot of enemies and I couldn't tell the difference. And so I'm just walking around thinking like everything is all good. Yeah. And then things changed. Got it. And things went south. And then all of a sudden, things got not only good, they got better and better. You know why? Because I've learned this, that it's cool. God, God is not against money. No, God no. God wants you to have money. He doesn't want money to have you. And so when there's that, that whole difference, when you take your passion, sure. your focus, whatever it might be, and you decide you're going to get off the couch and you're going to translate that into some form of success, yeah. whatever it is. And Wall Street was the place that I just happened to know a little bit about in the capital markets. And so I had to reinvent myself, though. 
Mm. Because capital markets changed. Everything changed after the dot-com turned into dot-bomb. And uh, I got into capital formation. A whole change on Wall Street. All right, so this is beautiful. Because so, you're going to educate me and you're going to educate the audience. All right, so because most people understand like private wealth, wealth management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can even understand 401ks and how to work. You know, how, yeah. What is capital markets? And when you're talking about those different things, give us a quick, you know, one-on-one. Sure. So if you think about a typical investment bank, um, you could name any investment bank, like a J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And you've got your equity department, you've got your bond department, you've got your alternative investment department, you've sure. got your investment banking department, okay. and you've got your mergers and arbors, uh, you know, uh, acquisition department, so M&A. So basically, all these different elements kind of comprise an investment bank. And then, okay. of course, to your point, you got the private wealth and the asset management. I was in the capital market side, which was basically fixed income and equities. Okay. We're trading securities on a regular basis, and we're dealing with clients, and we're trading things for our own P&L. Okay. Enjoyed a lot of success. And I was running the fixed income business for an investment bank. Okay. And it was a pretty big um, balance sheet, a lot of people, a lot of responsibility, four hours of sleep a night maybe. And I'm talking, Ooh. you know, good six that don't, days that, don't, that don't work for the athlete. You know, the athlete, they say you got to have at least eight hours. How you functioning on four hours of sleep, bro? It was tough. Okay, that's yeah, real. It was tough. That's I mean, real. I basically had, so when I was in charge of the, uh, the Americas, it was, uh, I got some funny stories about that, but when I was in charge of the <laughs> Americas, I was basically, um, you know, 6 a.m. Yeah. Until, you know, 6 or 7, you know, get a bite, come back and do another couple hours of work. But then I had Asia. And so then I'd go home, try to get some sleep, say hi to the family, and then get up again at two in the morning and deal with what I had in Asia, go uh, back to four, wake up again at five thirty. So it was kind of like that for a while. But wow. uh, but here I just thought of a funny story. So I was um, so we acquired this um, entity in um, in the UK, and I used to hold my morning meetings from six to six thirty standing up because I wanted it to be efficient. So it's kind of like ready, break. Break, you know? okay. And so that and was you just, used to play quarterback, so yeah, you're breaking man. a huddle. Let's go. So exactly. So that was just kind of the way it was just like, boom, 30 minutes, you're efficient. No one's like messing around. You're like, you're focused when you're standing. Yeah. I just find that. So I go over to my counterparts in the UK, and I realize that they're in this big boardroom. Okay. And there's people bringing in tea and coffee <laughs> and muffins. And I said, whoa, this just isn't going to work. It's not efficient. No, 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 no. This is the way we do it. And some of the people that were friends of mine said, hey, Rich, come over here, man. Yeah, huddle up. You got it. You're going to have to really respect the culture if uh, you want to win them over. And I recognize it on a worldwide good. basis. You can be impactful, but you can't take what you think you know yeah. to a different neighborhood. This is good. You can't do it. I mean, you, you, you work for a new team. Yeah. They got, new, they got new culture, new policy, new rules. You're in a different huddle. Everyone thinks differently. Just because you think you've got the whole secret formula, yeah. you got to adapt. So you never compromise your individuality, but you got to be a bit of a chameleon in terms of how you're going to react Ooh. to life, right? Man, I love it because this, this is how you thrive continuously. I mean, like respecting a culture, an environment, as they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, yeah. but not without violating your beliefs, convictions, or even your, you know, like there, there's things that are standard. There's principles that are always going to be at play that lead us to the best results. So boom, that, that's, that's good. I really love that. Because adaptability is really how we thrive because the world is continually evolving, right? 100%. So, all right, so boom, I see you, I see you in the marketplace. How did you, like, so as you're making these roads, were there people, like, were there mentors? Were there people who were really posturing you? You know, because not just 
the 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 net of of the of the of Wall Street, but like how who who are the people actually like man? How you getting kept as a man and then thriving in your profession? That's that's tough. Well, I'll tell you how I even got on a Wall Street. This is going to sound crazy, but back in the day when people used to go to the library. Back in the day, I mean, like the car catalog days, like in the, like in the 1980s. I'm dating myself, but so I wanted to work on Wall Street, and the college that I went to was not facilitated introductions for investment banking unless you had your MBA, oh, your JD, or your PhD. So I said, okay, fine. So I I got this advice from my father, who used to work in human resources for a corporation. He's like, you know, if you really want to get to the top of the pile, you got to be creative, do something unique. Look at the annual reports. Read this. So I I went and I got all the annual reports of all the leading investment banks. And I looked at the people that were like the big shots and I wrote them letters. Wow, this is it. And I write the letters to these people and they're like, who is this young guy? I mean, who, who that? So of course they said, yeah. So I, I follow up with their assistant. Yeah. I call them on the phone and I said, I'm setting up my own road show in the autumn of 1985. This is and I'm flying myself to New York City, which was a big deal for me at the time. Trust yeah. me, I, never really, I don't I remember I'd been on a plane as a, as a kid once or twice, but I mean, not a lot. We used to take road trips. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to go to New York and I want these meetings. And, and sure enough, I'd get on the calendars of all these big shots. And I bypassed the whole college situation. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it worked beautifully. Yeah. And so I'd be sitting there talking to, you know, some guy who ran a business or some gal ran a business. Although back then it was mostly guys. Sure. And um, they'd say, all right, well, what are you doing here? How'd you even find out about me? And they're like, hold on, let me call the head of human resources and then all of a sudden, I'm at the top of the pile. Yeah. And I'm going through the process. I got visibility. I got accessibility. And this is legendary. And so then, no, it's just, but I didn't realize it was God the whole time working yeah. behind the scenes. For Not me. even knowing. So, yeah. And, and so I all of a sudden had this great favor and I wound up getting a number of different offers and it, and it worked really well. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's how it started. But then, after, to answer your question too, David, in terms of the capital markets thing, when that began to fizzle, I had to reinvent myself. Okay, but so I met with this a lot is huge. Of, but I saw a lot of be beautiful, brilliant investors like Warren Buffett and Appaloosa, David Tepper, Paul Tudor Jones, um, Lewis Bacon, these legends on Wall Street Heck investment yeah. philosophy. And I said, wait a second, they're in this business called hedge funds. Yeah. And they're moving into private equity. What is that? So I learned it. I learned all about it and Jeez. I decided I had to get into that. Excuse me. And so I met with some people and they're like, but you don't have any experience in that front. And I said, Really? I just managed a billion dollars of capital for the last whatever. I think I can be a little creative. <laughs> I had to be confident. And even then, all right. Even at the end of the day, they were right. Listen, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> so, but anyway, no, so I got no. in that way. That's how it worked out. That's fantastic. Because, yeah. you know, what I, what I love is it, it, we, there's always a tradition. Like, our culture is always going to, you know, it's like college for years. And now we're seeing education being able to be, you know, shifted through the Internet. You're seeing more trades. You're seeing online courses. But it's the creativity that always wins. Meaning, like when you have the 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 vision or the idea, you know, there's 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 always a witty way in. And most people are always impressed by the person that has the resolve. Like, how did you find me? Right? It's like it's like the person who had the gall. <laughs> They're the most impressive people who create the most opportunities, man. So was the, you know who was the most impactful person to your success? on Wall Street as you emerge? I still go back to my father. That's my, pretty my awesome. My father um, taught, he gave this speech on leadership um, pretty much around the country for a number of years before he went to Belgium and then he came back. He became the CEO of a big company. And um, But he, there was this one word that he had in his uh, 12 points of leadership that he made up called persilience. 
persistence and resilience. And you think about being a ball player and the hits you take. You got to be resilient to get back up. You, but believe you also have to get up every day and be persistent and follow through with your routine and know what you're going to do. Yeah. And so I just got getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Yeah. But I knew that if I worked very hard and maybe harder than the next person, then I could make that extra buck. I could make that extra tick on a trade. I love or I it. could make a better investment and get a higher return. Ooh. Or ultimately, when I became in a capital formation, I was working with all these large trustees of capital and pension funds, endowments, sovereign wealth funds, insurance yeah. companies, fund of funds, banks. I could show them why they needed to partner with me mm. as opposed to someone else in, that I was competing against. Bro, I freaking love this. Like, you're helping me grasp the, at least the surface level of these fund to funds, and I could, I, I could actually see it now. For years, I'm like, I know Rich does something in finance, and it just, <laughs> just sounds like he's moving a lot of money. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but it sounds fantastic. How do I get in? <laughs> no, it's awesome, brother. All right, so th this is pretty cool. So tell, like, you know, and I think, I'm not getting into the, to, to the thrust of your, because you do have, you know, the, the mindset of an athlete, and I think, this is a this is a point of intersection for people. Even when you talk about resilience, yeah, it's it's the it's the pursuit of a of a long term goal. The, the regardless of, and that's really what catch the moment is about. What was the hardest blow that you've taken? And walk me through it. Like the hardest loss, some some of the hardest losses. How did it? How did it strip the ego? How did it beat up the soul a little bit? You know. So walk me through what it was. And, you know, what was life, what was your conversation like with your wife that night or something like that? Because, you know, because I think people need to understand that that hard moment. Like, the Super Bowl for me, I lose my mom two months before we win the Super Bowl. You know, like, so So when I, when, they, don't, they don't understand what's in it for me when I'm, when I'm at that, that height of heights. So walk me through at least one of you. So I've had, uh, there's a couple of places that have that terminated my employment because they didn't want to pay me out. Mm. And um, one of them we're talking about over eight digits talking about some righteous dollars and um, that's what you would refer to as a hard moment yeah I can tell you that that's when um you check into a hotel room and you get along with god and you open up your word and you start taking notes after you think about taking out their kneecaps ripping out their esophaguses then you think <laughs> okay lord forgive me for those thoughts how do i actually yes! handle this thing in a in a in a righteous society, right? <laughs> although those nightmares still don't go away right away. No, so. bro. Well, I'm glad you actually said that because so. you know, you know, everything's open here on the table. So yeah. a lot of times, even when you're genuine in your faith, we want to say the right things before God instead of saying what's actually real and going on in our minds. So I'm painting the image of people presenting themselves authentically, not just to people, but present yeah. yourself authentic to God. Like God, I really want to destroy this dude. And, and, and I think that's when you get the opportunity to get a real prayer through, like when you actually get the real stuff right. out in, in, in front of it. So, man, eight digits. Hey, just public service announcement. I haven't seen eight digits anywhere before in my life. And you were owed that and didn't get <laughs> well, so it. So you know what happened, though? So, so I wound up, no, did not. And um, that, <laughs> oh, was a, that was a very difficult life lesson. Heck yeah. Um, but I changed a lot. Okay. I overcame a spirit of fear. Um, mm. I learned a little bit more about where I could actually deploy greater degrees of success. I recognized that by being in capital formation or in sales, that sales is a contact sport, man. It is. Ooh, it's just, and you just good. have, you're 100%. So 
And then, you know what I did? I started going to the gym. This is when I met you, when I was getting jacked. I don't Bro, remember this, but I used to. I, I remember, so, and I don't know if it was before. I felt like I might have met you maybe one year before the helmet catch, or it was either yeah, right. Yeah, no, it was two years. Yeah, two yeah, years, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. I just want, listen, let me tell you, this jacked dude is like, <laughs> he's chest out the head. I'm like, you know, yeah. freaking looking like Lou Ferrigno. I'm like, back then you had nice little, you know, hair swaggy. And, you know, I'm like, damn, what the hell is this? This guy's looking like freaking Thor. <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish. Bro. But, but uh, it, no, I started, so I, I would go to the gym every day. Because I used to just be like lean cardio, hitting the bag. Yeah. You know, kind of lightweights, doing a little bit of, you know, gym stuff. And then, uh. I decided to go to the gym. Yeah. And every day I'd go there add five pounds. Add five hold on. Okay. Add five pounds to everything. So whatever, I was doing. whatever, whatever, whatever you were training every day, you would I was add five pounds. Inclining doing reps of four ninety-five. Damn. Yeah. This was when I was in my forties, brother. Not your so, av- not your average dude on Wall Street. No, but it's amazing though, it's in here. There it's, it is. It's in here. So I had friends who were like, Are you on the juice? I'm like, what's I didn't even know what they meant. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what what you I had I had a really good energy drink man. I was like no 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 we're talking about the fantastic juice. Red Bull man I was geeked up my workout this morning exactly exactly bro I freaking love yeah. it yeah so that but that that's what I'm talking about I think that's it's that insight and also the observation so whatever we experience or whatever adversity. It's not only, you know, how did I get in the line? How did I get, you know, how, you know, uh, but what what is my responsibility moving forward, right? And I think that was huge. Even when things didn't work out for me with the, with the Giants, one of my biggest takeaways, this was t- two years ago, one of my biggest takeaways, I had a lot more to offer than they were really seeking, yeah. right? I mean, I'm working with players, right? But, you know, like I had, I realized I probably could have run some more ideas and thoughts up the chain, in a way where maybe I need to just let them know and make them believe that this is their idea, right? It's almost like oh, Inception. I, yeah, I got to plant the idea. And that was, a, that was something I felt like, you know what? It wouldn't have cost me nothing because I care about this team and the organization right. enough. But I'm usually also one of these guys where I'm like, well, people don't really care about what, you're not, what they're not asking for. It's like if they're not asking for you, they, they don't usually value insight that's not being demanded or warranted. So that was always my general thought. So, man, I love the, the takeaways from that, from that dark experience, man. And, um, man, so now talk, talk to me just a little bit about, about now. Like, what's, what's Richard Johnson into now? I know you're still in the similar spaces, but what has been the, the passion moving forward in, 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 your, in your life and in your business? Sure. Well, you know, I'm kingdom focused and everything. That 100%. I do. Talk about and, it. Yeah. So I, there's a number I've got in my own ministry, obviously on the board with you and Children of the City. Yep. And we're doing good. And for those of you who are listening, and you got to check out Children of the City, especially November 14th in New York. Come on, we're going to have the best time with David Tyree and the New York Giants, his buddies, his friends. Julian Love, Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, like, yeah. the fact that we get these guys year in and year out it's is huge. It's, but, the, but the money is going to kids' education underprivileged kids that is the and that's and that's the whole point so going back to like why do we work hard we work hard for a legacy we work hard for our kids you know something we all every single person i don't care if you're a billionaire if you're broke have a fiduciary responsibility to do better not just for you but for someone else someone else is going to benefit whether it's inspiration whether it's perspiration whether it's just a little extra dollar here and there you're going to be doing good yeah, and that's why yeah. for anyone right now is listening, watching, sitting on the couch, thinking about maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Do it now. Nah, do it today. Write down that idea. 
write it down and make it plain and run with it like the book of Habakkuk says and just get out there and you know what you know what I got earlier can I just keep going give it to me heck yeah okay, you can tackle rolling. me if you need me to you know call an audible here but anyway vibing bro we here so the word I got before today was um, something I was talking about the other day with some friends too that I'm in, in this other ministry run with purpose I uh, like it run with purpose what are we called to do if you got breath yeah. we're called to do something heck, heck and yeah. if we can do it together it's even better but I can tell you something that everyone that's listening is not by accident. It's on purpose. Absolutely. And what are you doing with the gifts that God has given you? I love it. And how can you make it better? Not just for you, not just for your spouse, not for your kids, for the world. There's a, every God has given us all a talent this, and a gift. Yes. And we got to use it, right? Got to use and, it, man. And, 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 and like, even as this, it says that the gift makes room for you, there's two different kinds of gifts. Like it's every, everything that you've been endowed with yeah. just by, by virtue of being God's amazing creation. So whether it's athletic, whether it's intellectual, whether it's, you know, emotional, artistic, whatever it is, yeah. your gift will make room for you. And the other thing that people actually miss is the kind of the original is like a financial gift actually makes room for you. When you come and you give someone a gift, yeah. whether it's financial, whether it's your mother's baked bread, it makes room for you. And these are the things that when you say run with purpose, it's not run with purpose and run, and he actually said it, run on purpose. So, so living these things out as you go into the marketplace, whether it's Wall Street, whether it's athletics, whether it's as an entrepreneur, whether it's, you know, I got to clean juice, whether you're a small business owner, Doing those things, knowing that the end is going to impact so many more from your, your legacy yeah. on beyond. Bro, I'm super excited. So tell me a little bit more about the, uh, you know, you, you've always been kingdom focused, meaning everything that you do is to the benefit, more or less to, to, the, to the benefit and the glory of God and others. Meaning like it's at the end of this, people are being served at a high level. So, you know. Just speak a little bit more to what that is. And like I said, we know we know how Wall Street weaves into it. Sure. Speak to a little bit. To well, I, I've always believed in the philosophy of work hard, play hard. And I think it's, I like to have fun. I like to go okay. out. We've got friends. We go out and have great dinners, travel, enjoy. Yeah. I like riding. I mean, it's just, there's so what many What kind of riding? Horses. Horses, Horses yeah. See, and, uh, I need to hang out. See, I, I've been making a long time. I'm out here in these streets. I ain't rode a horse yet. <laughs> I, got, I got a few horses you want to come down to South Carolina to ride you let me know oh even so, better South Carolina nice I got a horse change. so we got a horse sanctuary taking God, care of unwanted and abused and neglected animals man it's pretty awesome this, so, is, this is what I'm yeah. talking about this, listen you're like the gift that keeps on giving you're the fortune cookie with two fortune cookies yeah. with two fortunes in it <laughs> it's oh, fantastic man. bro well, my nickname in South Carolina was Noah because during all these hurricanes I had to evacuate all these animals. I have like a hundred animals, so we just always evacuating and back and forth. Thank God we've been out of this eye of the storm for a while, so it's been good. But Amazing. but anyway, back to your original question, David. So I think about um, you know the work hard, uh, play hard philosophy, but also this whole idea behind knitting people that are either on Wall Street, in athletics, in music, in sure. art, in film, in doing whatever they're doing. Like, and putting Christians together yeah. that can connect with the Judeo-Christian philosophy because we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. There's a lot of different entities and, and races and religions that connect beautifully. Why can't Christians do it? Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is why that thing at my house, as you know, in May, yeah. which I had doctors, I had billionaires, I had roofers, I had carpenters, I had plumbers, I had athletes, not like you, unfortunately, because you didn't show up. Ah, but, uh, got me, but, got me, <laughs> you got me. But, uh, you know, but... We've had some really cool people, entrepreneurs, yeah. 
people that really want to say, hey, I want to do business, but I would love to be able to connect with people like, in the kingdom. Like and me. how do I do that? Yeah. And so we're doing that. We just did this one in Raleigh, Durham, too. I love and um, I, this buddy, Dan Stratton, who's, you know, yeah, Dan, Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he's putting a lot of people together on the world stage, which That's is awesome. a really great thing. And um, and so we're just trying to grow that up. And why? Because again, we're all we all got it. We're all called to do something. We got to do it together, bro. This is so, powerful. Yeah. I do believe you guys are right on the cusp of what I know that I that God is doing in the earth. You know, I think there's always the precedent of you know God, His church, His people, and but at the end of the day, His whole desire is for the people that He died for, which is the world to redeem creation. That's the story of the gospel and redemption of the entire world. And that's what we're going to see more or less to the end, man. Your, Amen. your life is so, so powerful. So tell me like, all right, so you said work hard, play hard, you know, and you mentioned the horses. What are, what are some of the other behind the scenes interests? Like, you know, how are you spending your time? You know, cause there's a lot of intention in what you do. So how are you spending your time, whether it's unwinding, relaxing, and obviously still being mission minded? Uh, yeah. Okay. I could talk about sitting in front of the fire with a nice glass of something cold and just kind of <laughs> chilling out after a long day. But you know, one of the things that just came to mind is just, um, if I could just kind of divert, I'll, I'll go, go back to it, the bro. fun things. I just love riding the horse and hanging out at the beach. Who doesn't? Yeah. But, um, is, uh, being bold. Mm. And what do I mean by that? So we talked about our living our life in faith, yeah. but not proselytizing during the day. Yeah. So what do we do when we're alone? And what do we do when we're quiet? And do the people that know us, know us, where we stand from a faith perspective. And this is the one thing that I like to do. Yeah. And some, well, everybody knows it. I like <laughs> to pray before I eat. I like to pray over my meal. I don't care if I'm in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, if I'm in Tokyo, if I'm in Singapore, if I'm in Jefferson City, Missouri, yeah. or New York City. I just want to give God thanks and glory for the food. And it's just one of those things where you just sort of... All right, so is that like, is that just, hey, excuse me? Or are you saying at the table, hey guys, do you mind if I pray? Yeah. Which 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 one is it? Is it, because, you know, most you know most Christians are going to pray. They can be private. It can be out loud. So how does that look in that First moment? First of all, if, I, if I'm at a big dinner table and I am not the host, yeah. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to, that'll be a quiet moment. Yeah. But if I'm the host and I usually am, yep. I'm like, let's either catch hands and pray or let's just give God the moment just to say, thank you for this food. Let it nourish your body and our Lord's name. And that it changes the chapter on things. And I'll give you a quick story. Sure. And this isn't about me. This is about God. I love it. So there was a fella in the investment community that I met for a coffee and a bagel one day. And I'm not going to name the state, but the point is he, he runs billions and billions of dollars for a public pension fund. And I said, so before we sat down and we're talking, and I, just, I really just wanted to meet this guy and, and introduce him to some of the ideas on the investment things I was working on. And so we got, so we got food. So I'm like, oh, I got to pray. So I said, hey, man, you mind if we just say a quick little prayer for the food? He's like, uh, no, that's fine. And so I <laughs> said the, the prayer. Anyway, a few months later goes by, and he's talking to me. He's asking me more and more questions about my faith. A year goes by. We've become very close friends. Nice. Very close. We're doing business together. Amazing. And he calls me up, and he says, hey, I just got out of church and I just had to call you and tell you something. He said, the day that you met me in that cafe, he said he was going to, he was planning on taking his life that night. What? He said that it was really, really bad. He said, you have no idea. He won this whole thing. And he said, all of a sudden I meet a guy like you who is, you know, I thought just like a typical wall street guy and you wanted to pray. 
They say, I knew God sent you for a reason and Man. changed my life and da-da-da-da. So I just want to encourage everybody yeah. that it's great when you think something nice about somebody. It's great when you want to be a you know a man of God or a woman of God. Yeah. But when you actually, just a little example of that, you never know who you're touching. That's yeah. why I said I like to pull out the Bible on an airplane just because a lot That's of people right. see you, That's right. you know, with, your, with the word of God. And they're like, some people are going to say, what the heck? Other people are going to say, hey, would you pray for me? I love and it. You know something? You could just an example. It's and don't get me it. wrong. I like to watch movies on the on an airplane, and I like to I don't chill. Doubt, don't doubt. But you know, every once in a while, it's good to pull out the good book, man, bro. So, bro this is so life giving because <laughs> no, because there's so many missed opportunities, and sometimes yeah. we can complicate it. I'm one of these dudes where when you live it and you're committed to it, you know. It's hopefully it's a, a natural extension of your life, but sometimes we can miss these simple opportunities. Meaning, like, hey, just being content with with, with who you are and being settled in your in your faith journey, and not knowing that the simple things that you're doing is actually inspirational yeah. to someone. Like, there's somebody out there with no hope. Like, literally, there's a tons of people out there genuinely hopeless. That's actually the whole point of the gospel, but. You know, you're going to point them to a reason that, like, how oh, man, there there is a hope. There is a, there that there has to be a God, yeah. and so, man, your 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 life and your example, it, obviously, and even successes as well as as you already alluded to, um, the ability to overcome your 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 challenges, failures is what makes you so inspiring, bro. This is this is this is this is top shelf. Well, you're nice to say that, but it's also about our children, right? Yeah, you've got seven. I've got two daughters. And How old are your daughters now? They're 22 and 19. Man, okay, all right. So you, I know, right? You, you real met talk. Them when they were little my, girls. <laughs> my daughters, my youngest daughters are 14, and the last couple of years have been shot. They got, you know, they had first they started out as bumblebees, and now they got a rack. So talk to them. Come on, bro. Talk to me about that transformation. How are you doing raising young at, ladies? At first, it was really, really tough because they're beautiful, <sighs> beautiful girls, and. Uh, and so, but then, you know, that they moved down south, as I, I think I explained to you, you know, years yeah, and years yeah. ago. And so I go down there on the weekends and became less. But the uh, the interesting thing is that um, my eldest daughter has got a boyfriend now. And <laughs> and she's a good okay. girl. Yeah. And uh, he's in the Air Force. He's a good dude. Okay. And he's right. four years older. And um, I had just done a half marathon in January this year. Nice. And um, yeah, I know. And I don't even like running. But then so, uh, <laughs> so I said, hey, there's this bridge run in Charleston. It's a 10K, and you go up the Ravenel Bridge, and now why don't you do it with me? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. With the, with the guy. With yeah. the guy. So, you know, so I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, I can, <laughs> I can, you know, I just did a half, I can do this thing, right? Sure. But this guy's got a nine pack, right? So I'm thinking, like, <laughs> can I keep up? So I said, all right, no worries. It's all good. So we, we get to the thing. We do the bridge run. And all of a sudden, the steepest part, pretty much everyone is walking everybody and i said to him i said hey man i got it i'm just gonna walk up this little part that's cool yeah and uh he's like that's cool i said no you go ahead he said no no i'm gonna stay with you i said if you're gonna stay with me i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you a couple tough questions and, uh, <laughs> and he's yes and so he said no no he said i, I really I, i'm gonna stay with you i'm like all right what are your intentions with my daughter boom 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 he's like and he answered beautifully he said well i'd like if possible to spend the rest of my life with her I love her. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I really want to hate the guy, right? <laughs> this <laughs> but moment he, of conflict. Right, but he's saying the right thing, right? This so is crazy. It's all the other guys. I remember one time I picked up my uh, my daughters at school. Right after I came out of the gym, I'm jacked. I'm in my pickup truck. Yeah. And I'm wearing a T-shirt. And, and they're like, you can never, ever, ever pick me up again. I said, why? She's like, because no one will talk to me. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, 
That's right. Thank That's you. my duty. Thank you, Jesus. That's my duty. <laughs> but anyway, but you know something? When they get to that place, now my 19-year-old doesn't, you know, she's good. She's fine with her friends and yeah. you know, with her mom and everything. But my older 19-year-old, you know, she's, she's you know, fine. I mean, my 22-year-old's having a great time with this guy. And they're, she's working, college, and... I think my 19-year-old's getting to that place. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She's anyway. saying, uh, but listen, they're good no girls. Rush orders. They're you good got... girls, good foundation in Christ. Yeah. And that's super important. Man. And you got to give, what do you give your kids? Well, that's... Give them, you give them, a, can I tell you one thing? I'm, I'm Talk, talking too man, much. Give, no, 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 man, we're here. You give them roots and you give them wings. Ooh. And and I tell you, I got that from my parents and I love that because. Ooh, come give, on, you, man. You, where, where else is you getting this? Right, man? You give them roots and you give them wings. Right. Man. Okay, and this is because we're, now we're here. Now we're here in this parenting plane, and you just dropped a, like a life change. <laughs> this is because, real life, man. No, because it is real life. So what was the toughest season of raising your daughters, right? Because, you know, anybody who's had a kid is either in it or they're preparing for it, and you're kind of, you know, even with your oldest, you're preparing for that launch, that true launch pad season. Sure. What was the toughest stage, and what, did you, what do you feel was most vital to kind of, you know, working through that? Probably when, I mean, because I've shared with you sure. about my marriage situation, about yep. how that, that ended. Yep. And I would say that now that we're friends, which is great, but during the period of separation, yeah, that was really, really hard. And for anybody who's gone through that, you know, you, you tend to stay together to make things work for the benefit of the kids. Sure. But the most important thing ever is to always let your kids know that just because you might not be the same unit, you're still a family. Uh, and that was the thing that, I did, but for me, being apart from them with the travel that I do, yeah. that was the most, that was the hardest, without question. And also, you know, now was there watching them grow? But more specifically, like so was it? So was it being when they were little kids? Where was it at the point of puberty? That's that's kind of what I want to get to. Like, was there ever any stage where like hey, these girls are bugging? Well, when it, I tell you this, it used to be daddy, then it was dad, then it was the dude is home. <laughs> so I will say that 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 got weird, dude. And then even getting called by your first name, it's like they hit you with the first name status. Oh, let me tell no, you we something. Don't, we don't do that, that in black families. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Amen a correction that, right brother. there. That's good a correction. <laughs> I tell you what, that did not go over well. No, I'm sure. Good. No, no, that that's because you're a righteous man. Because God don't play that. No, no, no. <laughs> bro. Exactly. Man, I, I, I'll always love the word daddy. I, you know, I, you could be. Because they care. never stop being. I love daddy. I love it. They're man. still my little girls. I still have their pictures on their phones, on the iPhone. The pictures when they were 10, each of them. It's legendary. I still see them that way. Dang, man. <laughs> well, listen, so. man. Like, like, honestly, this conversation yeah. is, is, is life giving on so many levels. You talk about root, giving your kids roots and wings, you talk about resilience, pers persistence and resilience. Um, but ultimately, your life is one that 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 lends to the removal of excuses and being able to pursue not just a meaningful career high level of success but you can do it anywhere and actually bear the light that this world needs so 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 number one as much as i knew this from a distance i know a little better now so thank you for giving us you know just this time man um i'm gonna give you the floor to share anything that's just valuable meaningful sure inspirational um on the way out but we got well, I, you, you cooked up the goods, bro. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, David. I do. I got to tell a story about you. So you know, I'm your guest, but you're kind of the guy that I've admired for years. 
Appreciate watching it. what you did, not only as an athlete, but I knew you before the catch and after the catch, and you never changed. Appreciate you it. You stayed humble, you stayed faithful, you stayed godly, and you stayed motivational. And I was just reminding you upstairs when we were chatting about the time that, um, that uh, you know, I won that auction thing, throwing the ball around. Yeah. And there was a guy at the office, his kid was going through a tough time, being picked on and going through the gang stuff. And Jeez. and um, I, so I, you know, I awarded that, kind of gifted that to him. Yeah. And you were just supposed to spend a little bit of time with him. I heard you spent like hours and hours, and you've got your own family, yeah. but you ministered to this kid. And I heard years later, yeah. you changed his entire life, completely yeah. for the better. And so that kind of a gift of being an example, not just an athlete, yeah. Not just a superstar, not just a famous yeah. catcher, but a real motivational person in life. And God bless you for that, brother. I, I mean appreciate that. it. Uh, so listen. that's very, that's like, that's, that's the kind of thing that just. Truth, transparency. Don't know that about inside of you. Nah, man, like, thank you, man. That's, that's humbling. You, you, come to, you come to the table to give life and you get life. And I think that's, that's the exchange that only God can give and God can create. I hope everyone, you know, I mean, like, number one, this was impactful. This will continue. We're yeah. doing life together, so there's more to come on this end. But, you know, Rich, you gave us truth. You gave us transparency. And every person is going to be impacted and transformed. And that's what DT3 is about. I know. I so, um, three T's. Listen, man, the three yeah. T's, man. So, listen, want to thank every everybody for tuning in. Every single Wednesday, make sure you get back with us. Um, listen, that's what we do here. We get to the truth. We get to the to the transparency and the transformation. But so check in with Catch the Moment. Rich Johnson just gave us life. So I hope that you have a blessed day in your life. We'll talk soon.